Hey pals, raise your hand if you could buy a gold watch with all the nickels you'd have if you got one every time you got shot at by overzealous FBI agents with an extremely liberal definition of acceptable hostage casualties. My hand is up, I can assure you. Neil, is your hand up? It was quite a long opening sentence there, George. I, I was wondering when it was going to end. I like to keep you guessing, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's my hand up. I've never been shot at uh, oh, by an overzealous FBI guy. And you've never so, lived, Neil. No nickels for me, George. <laughs> well, joining us this week due to court-mandated community service is screenwriter, coffee aficionado, and big old nerd, John Engel. Hey. Hey. He's here. <laughs> hey, John. I'm here. I'm here. My hand is up, except I had to replace FBI with DEA. Oh, just, okay. just for hey, you know what? specifics. I think as long as it's got a bunch of letters in the name, you're fine. Yeah, as long as they have big yellow letters on their jackets. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, like an acronym mm-hmm. or just some sort mm-hmm. of abbreviation. ATF, maybe. I don't remember if they ever shot at me, but I don't I mean, they're remember. really fond of shooting I don't at remember people. that. I mean, it's in well. the name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And rounding out this merry foursome is some girl who does some things and talks about stuff. Crystal Beth. Yeah, that's me. Um. And I've been shot at, but I have to uh, change it from FBI to ADA, the American Dental Association. ADA? Yeah. Oh, I thought an assistant district no, attorney. No, no. I'm like, wow. <laughs> we got a very special episode of yeah, Law and Order. Yeah, I have to immediately say American Dental Association, because that's what most people assume. But uh, no, they're really aggressive. If you, they find out that you don't floss enough, and they figure mm. out that it's you without doing oh. it, they will come for oh. you. We'll show you while you're bleeding. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> Morris, is it just like everyone in America has been shot at? Is that what? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, with this number of guns we have here, statistically, yeah. it's pretty solid. I mean, that's just you like how guns, you, you become a human, really. It's like a rite yeah. of passage. That's how you become, Neil. That's your, yeah, yeah. Your like becoming. Like the Native Americans used to have to like go into the woods and kill an animal or something like that. You, we just get shot at by mm. something. Yeah. Like, I've never gotten shot at personally, but I have had gun pulled on me before. Oh, really? I've yeah. had a gun shown to me before, but never, I've never in had a, the barrel. Like I've a... never looked down the barrel. I, I have had guns pulled on me by police officers, multiples, actually. It was a, it was a fun night one night. Why did you do oh, that? Oh, wow. Well, yeah. It was a mistaken police, thing. But... They, they thought they were uh, attending an apartment that had a break in, and they, it turns out they were not. Jesus. But they were not believing my end of the story, which is, I don't know what you're talking about. So I was laying down on my belly in New Year's Eve in Atlanta with uh, five cops all with their guns pointed at me, yelling at me to, like, lay down, lay down, lay down. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what the f***? <laughs> and they're, like, like, looking away and, like, don't look at us. I'm like, what are you, what? And, like, not knowing what the hell's don't going on. Don't look at us? And then I hear, like, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Them. It's like, like, I'm coming. Don't look don't, at me. Don't look at me. And then... um. And then, then you hear like a little door creak open and, and you hear like officers and like, ma'am, go back inside. It was like, officers, th- that's, that's the wrong apartment. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, you do have that look about you, George. And they were like, the- and they were like, oh, oh, uh, well, okay. And then it turned out to be nothing. Like she thought she heard a noise and called the cops and, and they, they showed up. I guess they were all bored. They showed up like in mass. Jesus. Wow. On New so, Year's yeah. Eve, they don't have anything else to do. Apparently, everyone's sure, which... off. You know, they were still. It was right at midnight, so maybe they're all drunk. Everyone's yeah. off being drunk. They haven't gotten unruly yet. Oh man! But yeah, and, so and this, you were you were at home. Yeah, I was at my apartment. Yeah. Well, at least you had access to some clean underwear. 
True. <laughs> I was wearing, I was laying there in my underwear. Like, look, I think I had a shirt on. I was just like, you know, starfished out on the pavement. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> now that's just made this whole scene uh-huh. a lot funnier. The yeah. fact that you were in your underpants. Yeah, well. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, so welcome everyone. Welcome listeners back to the old Die Hard Minute. This is, uh, Round two. This is the Mogwai Minute taken over, yeah, this week, uh, all this week. And absolutely delighted to have John and Crystal with us uh, for Minute 116 today. Is that right? Got that right? Oh, yeah. 116. Yeah, okay. So, uh, George, what's going on here this minute? Well, we start this minute with a redneck fireworks show, and then a minute later with Huey Lewis spreading the news. <laughs> so, so it is universally, it is, I, I assume, I haven't listened to the show a whole lot, but it is universally believed that that guy looks just like Huey Lewis. Yes. Oh, I mean, I thought that since <laughs> I, mean, I was I a child. Was I was me. like, wait, sports? And this, this is not Huey Lewis? When I was a kid, I thought that was Huey Lewis doing like a cameo for a while. Doing until a I realized, oh, wait, no, that's not. It's just his doppelganger. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, Absolutely I It's universal. one of those things that you think that you're the only one. No you know, way. For... He absolutely looks just like Huey Lewis. I was like... He does not talk like Huey Lewis. With a hair, just a face, just, oh, just his twin. I was a guest earlier mm-hmm. for uh, Die Hard Minute with Jeff Ferry and the guys. From uh, uh, oh yeah, Burbs and um, Burbs and Clerks minute, and they were very excited to oh, have yeah. a Huey Lewis minute as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to Google who that yeah, was when they were talking about it. I was like, "Who the f is that?" <laughs> God, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like you, you know all these nerd things, and then like you're just absolutely clueless on some. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. Power of love, you're, baby. You're, you're too damn loud. You're too loud. Yep. Didn't I didn't know that, <laughs> so I had to Google it, and I was like, I'm not going to say anything about the googling until now. Now I now I'm confident in myself, and I'm like, I'll talk about it. You're a little older now. You're a little yeah, wiser. I'm exactly. One month older and much more wiser. <laughs> well, I encourage you to check out his music. Yeah, it's fun. At least, you know, early stuff. I don't know about the later things. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's always the case, isn't it? It's an 80s staple, that's for sure. Yeah. He makes a good criminal. I'm actually disappointed we didn't get a minute. Um, I'm disappointed we didn't get a minute here where McLean is wearing, is back wearing his dirty white vest. No, no, no. We are Uh, long past that. Once once we got out of the bathroom, when he got his feet all cut up, he he is shirtless the rest of the movie. But my big my big point on our previous week, George, was that uh, I I'm convinced that he he wears a white vest at the start and then he changes to a green vest and then it goes back to a dirty white vest and all the guys said no 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 it's because he claw- crawls through the the little uh, the air, the air shaft yeah yeah it gets all dirty but I'm saying like, look guys look at the vest it's just straight up green I mean it's just it's all one shade of, of one, right? It's air shaft like, green. Oh, it's a bit dirty here, dirty there. And then later on, when, so when you continue watching the movie, later on he goes back to wearing just what looks like a dirty white vest. So it's like, yeah, okay. So now he's wearing a dirty white vest. Now I'm disappointed because I didn't get to show you guys to prove that point. So I'm sure someone else has picked that up. And it's not just me. Huh. 
but now I'm, he's I'm more fascinated by the fact that you're calling it a vest. Yeah, you should, are, are, this is a hard-hitting <laughs> investigation, Neil. What do you want? Uh, what do you want? Tank a tank top? Undershirt? A tank top? Undershirt? Tank top? Well, um, I think they're called mm-hmm. aid. Aid? What are they called? There's a letter to, uh, uh, designation a T-shirt? to shirts, but I can't really? remember. No, <laughs> it's not a T-shirt because the, it doesn't make the T-shape that the sleeves an would L-shirt. provide. It's yeah, it's an like a, an A top, an, an A something. shirt. Yeah, yeah. something. And we'll just not talk about the the more the derogatory archaic, term for them. Uh, derogatory term for oh. them. <laughs> so what do you? What do you? What's a, a vest to you guys? That's the thing you wear with your suit. A vest is. Yeah. A waistcoat? A waistcoat? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what a waistcoat is unless you're... Well, a waistcoat has sleeves. Right? I think a waistcoat has sleeves, doesn't it? Does it? No, a waistcoat is just your... No, it's a sleeveless vest type. But so that is a vest. So a vest is a waistcoat. So the de- okay, so guys, a definition oh. of vest is mm. a sleeveless, close-fitting, waist-length garment worn over a shirt, typically having no collar and buttoning down the front. Then yes. the second, so that's the second definition is a garment worn on the upper part of the body for a particular purpose or activity. So anything can be a vest. Mm. Anything can be a vest. Well, yeah, it's like a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Right. I think the uh, the second definition is implying some sort of tactical purpose. I think it's referring then to a mm. bulletproof, bulletproof vest, vest, something you yeah. wear under. But even a bulletproof but, vest does have the same rough lines of a vest with like the scoop yeah. collar and then the sleeveless. The example for the second part in quotes is a running vest. Right. Like running, or a yeah, fishing but, vest or a photography yeah. vest. You know, they right. have mm-hmm. all sorts of options. Well, I wear my shirts for the purpose to keep me warm. And that is a particular purpose. So I guess it's a vest. Mm. It's a vest. Shirt vest. But, but is yep. it sleeveless? Okay. She likes to show That's off right. the gun, son. I just, I just flexed my <laughs> Take muscle. Take it to the gun show. Uh, literally no one. She's swole. Well, so now, well, he's, he's shirtless now. So I mean, like, great vest talk, guys. But uh, uh, he's now completely shirtless. When did he take it off? When he was in the bathroom. When he the ba- used it to bandage up his feet after he ran through oh, all the glass. Right. I didn't when he got all emotional his about his wife and stuff. Oh, just, yeah. She's heard me say, she's never heard me say I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty, that was a, your Willis is a little Brando-ish. I could have been a contender. <laughs> all things being equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. I think, uh, I think Willis is a little Brando-ish in himself, you know? You're, no, uh, for has, sure. He has a, he definitely has a, an inspiration. Yeah. So what, what, what I want to know here is, um, so these are all on the rooftop here. We've got, um, all basically Holly's workmates, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the party what people. are they, what are they thinking about this? Like, cause some of them will have met, um, John McClane when he arrived at the party, right? True, but he was also wearing a shirt and clean and pleasant. And, not, and now he's like running around, bloody, sweaty, gross, shooting a machine gun at them, yelling like a crazy yeah. person. Uh, you know, context. So what is are important. they thinking about? I mean, this? let's go through it though. How many of them really did? Like, he met Takagi. Um, he's dead. Uh, he met. Well, the dude who kissed him. He met that guy. The cokehead guy, whose name I'm forgetting right now, John Boy. They met um, him, and he's dead. The, a lot of these people yeah. didn't meet him. The, the The people that were making out in the office. They were um, busy. They were really busy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that they're just like, who the hell? Of course, they're probably all fairly aware that there was a uh, 
a fly in the ointment, as he says, you know. So like a monkey in the wrench. There was yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, because they, they, she had his picture. So I mean, they'll have been into her office. They'll have seen true. him. I'm just gonna get this. This has sometimes no, you don't. This there's no. This is not based in anything that you can calculate as like a real thing. But when I get stressed out, aka Crystal's yeah, exactly. head. <laughs> when I get stressed out or mad or any emotion mm. above an eight, I get really weird tunnel vision and I can't see or understand much of anything going on around me. So if I was in a situation like this right. where my life was in jeopardy for six hours, I would, or three hours, mm. I don't know. Um, I would not, mm. my brain would not be able to see someone and assume that they were a good guy. And if they had a gun, I'd be like, oh, another person trying mm. to kill me. Which is why when he's like, all right, everyone get off the roof. They're like, what? Oh, and then he starts shooting a gun and he's like, get off the roof. And as soon as you start shooting well, I mean, the gun, yeah, like, I mean it's hard to. No, I don't think that's. I don't think that's like some isolated mm. thing. That's how a lot of people are when they get stressed out. They don't process as quickly because they're more like fight or flight. They got adrenaline pumping. And okay, great. So I'm just like everyone else. And at that point, I would not yes. be able to see someone that had a gun and be like, I think I remember seeing his picture on the back of my mm. coworkers' desks, who I've only been in there once to drop off a memo. And sometimes she flips it down. You have to have a very coolly analytical mind mm-hmm. to put two and two together. Yeah, on I would one. not. That's not me. Yeah. Which is why he has to start shooting his gun and hurting them like a sheepdog because they're not listening to him when he's using the word. So he has to like, you know, frighten them into action. Well, not to mention going back down. So probably doesn't sound like a great idea since that's where they were. Yeah. yeah it's like, wait, the people with the guns the told us to come out here to start with. What oh, are yeah. you doing? And there's a helicopter, you know, like the, their assumption, I guess, was that they were leaving. Right. So uh, mm. I, I guess uh, like best case scenario, at least in their in their mind, is that a helicopter's coming to take us away. But then the um, helicopter that's supposed to take them away starts shooting at right, its own right, and it gets very close <laughs> to actually hitting them. That was like it's Johnson yeah. and Johnson are too. Uh, they yeah, are they're, they're not. Ta- nice speaking guys. of tunnel vision, yeah. they're not really worried about what's going on besides. Uh, getting that guy, you know, they're not so. worried about that after action report where he's like, well, forensic says there was multiple hostages shot with your bullets. <laughs> yeah, I think that they, uh, it's 80. It's the 80s. I don't think that they looked into things as closely yeah. back then. Maybe Accountability at least an action like movie universe. Uh, yeah. The FBI could do whatever they want. And they, uh, they should pay the I'll, price I'll, for that. I love that you just used uh, it's the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the, the 80s. Why minute. It's the 80s. Hey, he's on brand. It, it you just know, rings, he knows he rings he knows so true. <laughs> so you, yeah, you think so this he starts, is well, sorry, what, Neil? reasonable behavior by John McClane here? I mean, I think yeah. he's just doing what he's got to do. Uh, I think it's, I guess, I mean, if I were in that situation, I feel like that's kind of how you'd have to. You know, I'd love to see you in this situation. George, you know what? I would be curious about that yeah, as well. I yeah. would, be would you be in your underpants, though? I would try to. I feel like it'd be more intimidating. <laughs> it would help. <laughs> well, um, so okay, so that the he tries. He's trying to get them off the roof. Uh, and oh, he does succeed. John's, that's for sure. Well, he does. Yeah, they go down. They go downstairs. None of them seem too perturbed by seeing. Carl's dead body hanging. It's that tunnel vision, Neil. Like they don't. They're, they're oh, focused oh. on getting back Stop down the stairs. Again? They don't oh, notice we, the large, giant, blonde Nordic man hanging. Some of them look up and keep. Can running. we not leave? I don't want to leave the yes. roof quite yet. Hold on. I, I no, didn't no, know sure. we were leaving the roof already. I know that we're in a hurry because there's gunfire and we should be getting downstairs <laughs> as fast as we can. But there's I really, a sense of urgency, John. I really want to talk about this shot. 
that oh, yeah. is the shot of them, of our of Holly's coworkers, of McLean, of helicopter, all in one frame. Or, the, or the tight shot where the, the wide shot coming in from the back. The, I want to talk about the wide shot because it's a wide shot and it's used as a wide shot should be used. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And for since I was a kid, this shot has always given me kind of chills. It's something like you could even watching it on your TV, you can feel it as a big screen shot, you know, like it's filling the whole frame. You got people in the lower third, you know, lower right third panicking, you know, shoved right in the frame. You got McLean in the middle and all this gunfire. You got a helicopter firing at him on the other side. And honestly, it's just something that you don't see a lot anymore. If, if you really pay attention to movies and how they're composed, how shots are composed, um, because we're in the cell phone age and the computer watching on your, uh, uh, on your computer on the airplane era, we're mm-hmm. in this era, centralized compositions are just the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemingly action all kind of takes place in the middle of the screen. And mm. yeah, they still shoot things in this two, three, nine aspect ratio like we have here, which is about as wide as you're going to get uh, most of the time. And it's just really refreshing <laughs> like to go back in time and, and see a director who makes a choice on uh concerning aspect ratio and says this i'm going to use it for a reason i'm going to i'm going to fill the screen i'm going to push it to the edges of the frame uh, have action going on and in certain shots i mean he's not doing it all the time and it's an interesting choice as well because we're talking about a movie that could have very well been the choice could have very well been to use a uh, a more compressed aspect ratio like 185 because they're inside so much and maybe claustrophobia would be the feeling that you're going for yeah, and yet throughout the the rest of the movie, when they're downstairs, you know, running around on the different floors of the building, he's using the set design, the mise en scène, as they'd call it, you know, to make cause that to happen, as opposed to just pushing the frame together with a, a less uh, wide aspect ratio. But it really pays off now that he's chosen to use this aspect ratio. Once they get on the roof and all this stuff starts happening outside, the next three minutes or so are just packed with beautiful widescreen shots that really are very impactful and maybe wouldn't be able, he wouldn't have been able to pull off had he used a, a, a you know, not as wide of an aspect ratio. But I wanted to point that because this, you know, like I said, since I was a kid, I first saw this movie, I think when I was 12 years old or so. This shot has always given me chills. It just looks so, it's just so cinematic and beautiful. And there's another shot coming up that I could talk about too, but I just wanted to make sure that we talked about some cinematography, mm. uh, the, the choices in the cinematography a little bit. With yeah, the, and, be- and because earlier on in the movie, the most of the movie is so claustrophobic and tight and it's air ducts and mm-hmm. it's close ups and it's, and it's really intimate moments and it's quiet and it's sneaky and then it's, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. When you're out here on the roof, it does feel like you get almost like a sense of agoraphobia because it's like there's a sense of exposure and it's like, ah, oh, peril because we're no longer, we, we can't hide behind things. We are like, we can't right. get any higher than this. We are open to the air. Yeah. So there's a, sort of, but also like the right before that, where you, you, there, these are like the POV from the helicopter. So, mm-hmm. Cause normally that's just like a, oh, this is an aerial shot while we're doing this, but they kept so much camera movement in it with it. And it looks like it's uh like, it's part of the, it's like, it's just showing you that it's part of the movie. It's, it's like we are seeing what the FBI agents are seeing. And I really like mm-hmm. how they integrated that. Yeah. Yep. I also have something about this roof that I need to point out. When John McClane mm. jumps off the little ledge and lands on his side, you can see his fake feet. It's yeah. Really? You can see like the his hobbit feet. Yeah. He has on rubber feet. Oh, Oh, he does. Because, uh, yeah, they... I noticed that the first time I ever saw this movie as a young child, because while he was running around outside, I was like, his feet must hurt so much. 
And then when he jumped down, I was looking at his feet to see if they put something on them. And you can see the little rubber, mm. the end of the rubber foot so that he doesn't hurt his own little feetsies. You can. It's like a little, little human yeah. booty. I was too the... busy looking at that bolt. Yeah. The yeah. Really there was that, like, almost that. hits his head on that thing. That it's makes you nervous. so yeah. close. And it looks, it, and I'll tell you, it, uh, if you look at it closely, this little stunt jump he does here is a little bit affected. It doesn't seem as natural if, <laughs> as it does when you're watching the movie in full speed action. We stop and isolate mm. it. I kept looking. I'm like, whoa, what's that bull doing? It, it, he does it kind of slowly, like, and purposefully, and it does almost look like he's trying to make it look like he's about to hit that bolt. Like, they thought this through. I mean, yeah. they had to it makes look, you nervous. Surely, surely <laughs> Bruce Willis looked yeah. down. Surely he yeah. looked down and said, there's a like bolt right there. Him, and they talked about the choice of what to do about that. If in a temple, he'd be dead. Ow, I can't even yeah, think much. about it. <laughs> like, Carl would be so pissed yeah. off right now. Uh, yeah. Except he's he's dead. But no, so you can actually see when he lands, like, and, you know, you're asking where his shirt was. You can see it wrapped around his foot. Like, you know, they still kept consistent with his foot dressing. Yes, one is one is wrapped around. Yeah. One foot has a, 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 the vest wrapped around that has the human booty. Okay, so, yeah, you could just a lot, it's a nice little commando role he does. And and I think, for my part, I think he does see that because he looks right at the bolt, and I think he mm. just kind of keeps his head up, and maybe uses that that le- his left arm just to go underneath to keep his head up and uh, you know, not good job. you know destroy his temple on a uh, iron piece of iron sticking out of the ground. Yeah, well, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to die at this point, does he? Yeah, this is die hard, but I mean, he doesn't have a weird death wish. That wouldn't be a hard. That'd that be a hard way to die, death. Neil. Well, it would be too easy for death to, uh, from death's point of view, it would be correct. too easy. Yes. If this were a Final Destination movie, that's how someone would yeah. go out. Yeah. And he'd be so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he does he does quite a bit of this throughout the whole movie, but one thing he does in this minute also is he talks to himself. <laughs> he he has, a, has a habit of talking... Either to himself or to people that obviously cannot hear him. It's yep. brilliant. I it's think great, it's yeah, exactly <laughs> just from a screenwriting perspective. It's a great way yeah. to convey information to keep the plot moving, where it's not just a solid wall of action, but still it's funny, it's humorous, and it sort of heightens the tension because even he is questioning what the hell he's doing. It's not like someone's yeah. going, "Is that a good idea?" He's like, "This is a I terrible." I feel like idea. it's something they like yeah, no, write it's... into movies for Bruce Willis. Like they don't know that because <laughs> he is he is the master so of it. Good at it. I mean, he does it all through the Fifth Element as well. Yeah, this, the master of the self-deprecating yeah, inner monologue. Like, just go. Just say what you want to say. <laughs> just let, yeah, stream of conscious. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this the the monologue, the uh, you know him talking to himself is one of the more brilliant yeah, choices. It's a bad this, idea, this, John. Movie. If without yeah. it, I don't think this movie works. And uh, and then hmm. then it's uh, difficult to say. Like try to imagine someone else from that era. Like who would have been another choice for this role. And whether or not they mm. would have worked, I think Bruce Willis is like the only person yeah. that could do this and make it work. And because make it he not had seem the acting, silly. acting, he had the action chops, which he, no one knew about, but he also had mm-hmm. the comedy chops, which he got from Moonlighting. Mm-hmm. And like he, he could pull off the little quiet, funny moments. And no one else really, if it had been Sylvester Stallone, it had just been like <laughs> the whole time and just like running and shooting and busting through mm. walls. And anybody else, any with the 47 <clears> other people <throat> they decided to cast before him. And he has this perfect combination of. 
like arrogant like confidence he's got mm-hmm. the confidence and at the same time he's self-deprecating yeah and, and i just think that's what makes like, him so relatable as a human being yeah. which is what makes this movie like and you know it again it raises the stakes it heightens the tension because it's just yep. a guy doing this yep and boy you'd have to i mean if you're scared he's scared i think that's what it really comes down to like why we like him mm-hmm. so much is that he's scared he's confident in in his abilities he he knows when to to talk trash when he has to he's he's got all the tools to uh, to finish the job to accomplish the job but he's in him he's also out of his element this is not exactly just because he's a cop doesn't mean he's trained for this yeah but he's scared to death he's scared for his family he's like scared in general and talking to i'll tell you right now i'll talk to myself like crazy if i'm scared like that's comforting (laughs) you know that's like why wouldn't you so it all just makes sense, but I, I, I have a hard time imagining anyone, of course, because we've never seen anyone else in the role, but I have a hard time imagining mm. anybody else having the perfect combination of these elements the way Bruce Willis does. Mm. So so much of this movie, I mean, this could have, it's a very well-written script, it's very well shot, All everything about it is great, but you could imagine it getting lost to time if it would have been somebody else in this yeah. role. Uh, I, I don't know. Anything could have happened, I guess, but it seems like he's kind of the linchpin to, to making this whole thing work. Oh, without a doubt. I, yeah, the, the Die Hard is whole franchise is because Bruce Willis did it, not because it's like some bastion of solid. You know, it does have its high points of writing, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is an action movie. Yeah. I All think of that them it are. Is. And, and I think that without him, you would just, it would just be some sort of like cold money making yeah. scheme. Like that, you get that, later on they get that way. He adds a, a warm humanity to, to everything he does. Yeah, I mean he's he's a real guy. I mean that's what made him appealing. Why he did wine cooler commercials <laughs> and why it works so well in moonlighting is because he's just like a guy. You go, hey, that's a guy I know. You know, like he just has that that everyman quality to him. I'm still I'm just like racking my brain right now, just trying to think of an example of someone else who might have gotten this role. I know there were other people up mm. for it, but I can't remember. They well, everybody, Sylvester Stallone, or Schwarzenegger, everybody was offered this role before well, him. He was so far down on the list. Yeah. And, and it makes you wonder, like, had it been a big star like Mel Gibson? So he would have been a big star at the time. This movie would have gotten a lot more, probably, attention than it did. This movie was kind of a dark horse movie. Like, nobody thought much mm-hmm. of Bruce Willis. They thought he was just the guy from Moonlighting. And it came out of nowhere, and I think a lot of its uh, reputation is, is part of its dark horse, like, at least initially, as part of that um, that it was a dark horse, but had it come out in the lead, like it, it, if it came out like it's supposed to succeed, oh. I kind of wonder if we would all be going like, you know, yeah. it's a pretty solid movie, but you know, yeah. uh, you guys ever seen that Die Hard movie? It was that one that Mel Gibson did. I feel like that's the conversation we would be having uh, instead of doing a podcast about it like this because it's such a legendary. It wouldn't film. be everyone's favorite Christmas movie. No. <laughs> No. Mel, Mel Gibson was in his fair share of little uh, hidden Christmas movies like Lethal Weapon, I guess. Or at least yeah. one. Mm. I guess just one. Just but, that one. Yeah. Yeah, Mel Gibson's an interesting shout, actually, because, you know, I think he, he well, back then, certainly thinking about Lethal Weapon, he does bring that kind of humor to it as well, and, and not necessarily so much the, the every man, right? Because he's probably a bit too kind of good-looking for that. Yeah. But, I don't know, he's, he, he does have... Something he does, he just has a charisma about him, but not in a kind of overfacing kind of way. It's just a he, he does seem to me to have um, a bit of personableness about him that you could think, well, I, you know, 
I knew a guy like that. Or I don't know. He's, I guess you know, in Lethal Weapon, he's he's got like that kind of special forces edge. Mm-hmm. So that maybe that takes a little bit away from that. Whereas Bruce Willis doesn't. He's just a cop from New York, right? And he just, you know, he's probably shot his gun a few times. Um, as we discovered earlier, this happens all the time. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, he does genuinely come across as scared in this particular moment when he's facing jumping off the roof, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's... And, uh, hmm. As opposed to, I, you know, I, and thinking about the rest of this movie, I don't think he comes across as, or I don't think he is genuinely scared do you think he's generally scared at other moments in this movie? Or in my mind, this is it. This is like when he's like, oh, no, hold on. This is this is dangerous. No, I think he's scared all the way yeah. through the movie. Yeah, he's just, just got around a running undercurrent of um, I'm, I'm doing what I can to get this done, but I am not happy about it. I mean, the way but he paces time, around and the way he like, I don't know. I, to me, it just always feels like he's scared. He's dealing with fear, he, but he's good at getting yeah, it together. He talks to the cops, too, like. It, he needs the he needs a friend, <laughs> like he just needs yeah. to chat with someone because yeah. he, he like real worked up. He's doing, he's not supposed to be doing mm. this, and his whole everything he does is at the seat of his pants, and he's worried. And again, exactly what you said with the pacing, I feel like he's scared the whole time, which is great mm. because that makes me nervous, or maybe not scared. Scared might not be the right word because mm. it his emotions might be transcending that because. Once you know what needs to be done, sometimes the scared goes away, but the anxiety would definitely still be there. Oh yeah, as anxious is well, definitely more of, or of a definition, I think. Well, I, I I will point out that Al does say he's scared, like he literally says mm. to Robinson, he's scared. Right, that's the exact word. Um, he, he isn't getting diddly squat from anyone down here. That whole diatribe when yeah. he tells off. I, as a screenwriter, I would not write that in there if that was not. If I was, if Al's not, te- he's not lying. He's not making it up. He's not using hyperbole. Mm. If I'm writing yeah. this summation of my main character's yeah. journey, uh, even through the mouth of someone else, it's accurate. So mm. I, th- I think he's scared. I mean, I think that there's yeah. that. That's the thing, and it's relatable. Like, of course, he's scared. I don't care. I kind of don't care how much training you've had. You'd be scared in this situation if you're outnumbered also, by a bunch just, of dudes. Also, it's not just he's just not worried about himself or the situation. His wife is down yeah. there. He's worried about exactly. his family. You know, he's got he's got a lot on the line here. So he's definitely channeling a lot of that into anxiety and, and self doubt, but like pushing through it, which is really sort of what makes him such an admirable, you yes. know, protagonist. I would not be able to do it's what defi- he did. I would fail. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, it's all a matter of bravery, right? Like to use a you know, a very on the nose word, uh, but the definition is to be afraid but do it anyway, right? Yep. So that's what we got here. We are, the main quality of John McClane is that he's brave, and he can fight through fear and get the job done because um, things are important. His life's important to him. His family, his wife's life is important to him. Generally, mm. defeating the bad guys is also <laughs> important to him. I think. I think. There's, it's not just a personal quest necessarily. He probably wouldn't be putting up with this if his wife wasn't there either. Yeah. You know, so um, he's got a sense of justice because he's a cop, and that would define him. You know, in the in the movie world. So I don't know. I, 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 he's just a great, well-rounded character, and and like like we've said so many times already, Bruce Willis per- mm. perfectly encapsulates that. And I don't think Mel Gibson would. I think you're right, Neil. That Mel, Mel Gibson has that kind of edge to him. A, I don't believe Mel Gibson movie Mel Gibson is married to Holly. 
That's what that would be one thing. Mm. Mel Gibson's a solo act, right? Yeah. In movies, like I, I just can't don't see him as a married man. Um, he's he's going to either be by movie. himself or revenging the death of a lover. <laughs> yes, he, he's it's pretty oh, much his two modes. <laughs> that's true. If this was a Mel Gibson movie, Holly would have died in the first act. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the rest I of the time would be him getting back at them for taking her out because he does he that have, sort of like slow burn. What's so interesting. Oh yeah, about Mel Gibson isn't what this movie's about, but he's one of those people <laughs> where like. He is this weird heartthrob, but whenever he's near a woman or asked to kiss a woman, I am automatically grossed out. <laughs> oh, like Bruce Willis is not Very the best on-screen kisser, but he can kiss whoever the hell he wants. And I'm like, oh, he's a little cute guy, Mel Gibson. When he has a love interest, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when that ever wasn't more like a comedic thing or something. Like, and when he when Riggs eventually gets married, you know, with to Renee Russo mm. in the Lethal Weapon series. It's all it seems yeah. comedic. It doesn't yeah. seem it seems like it's all just like a haha, they hated each other. Now they're they love each other, but yeah. boy, they still break each other's yeah. balls, don't My they? Example uh, would be Braveheart. And, <laughs> and that's <sighs> weird. everyone he touches dies pretty much, except for the print the queen. But yeah. his relationships with them as a child when I would watch, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> Yuck. Well it was all a means to his own yeah. agency. Every, in every one of his movies, like Braveheart and uh, what, am, what else am I thinking of? Where oh, The Patriot. That oh, oh yeah, God. yeah. Oh. The or, the wife has to die so he can avenge her. It's all just the engine to his uh, mm -hmm. vengeance, vengeance quest. Women, that's all they ever meant to him in his movies. Or, or payback. I mean, that entire movie, just yeah. in the title, is all about him getting back at those who done him wrong. Yeah, that in particular was about a certain amount of money. But yeah, <laughs> very specific the, the, the comedy. Well, that's a you know the the old story, the the old movie Point Blank, and and but it's you know he's just wants revenge and it's for like three thousand dollars or whatever. I just realized. But, so I had been trying to figure out which movie it was because I've only walked out of one movie in my life, and it was Payback, mm. and I could not remember what movie <laughs> I walked out of because like he got the money and then all of a sudden really? everything continued and there was another thing he had to do and I was like this is ridiculous and that <laughs> thank god i was just trying to remember this like two weeks ago was it the toe thing no that didn't even bother me that yeah, much i'm wondering <laughs> if this is crystal how old how old would you have been when that movie came out though i feel like you would have been so know. young oh the lights she's very oh because i think that movie came out in like 2000 yeah, I was, that was 10th grade Right? It was 99. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you were younger. 99, um, yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. It's probably my youthful voice yeah. and dumbness. Oh, yes. <laughs> and not knowing who Huey Lewis is. Huey Lewis is. But yeah, I saw that in the theater. It explains a lot. Oh. There's another cut oh. of that movie. Not that we have to keep going down the Mel Gibson. There's a second. There's a director's cut of Payback that I really Payback. Like. I'm just going to say that. It's a much better really movie like when John? it's cut, cut differently. Okay. Anyway. Oh, is it? Okay. okay. Yes. It's not like an unofficial thing? No. It came out – as a matter of fact, they even redid the entire uh, – uh, the color correction. And they – the studio oh, really right. messed that movie up and they took it back and made it look the way they wanted to. And they recut a bunch of scenes to make them pay off the way they wanted them mm -hmm. to. And it was a much better movie. Huh. So anyway. Check, check that out. Because I was like – Payback was fine, but it never like you know set me on fire. So I have to check out a different version of it, see if it does that. Well, it's no die hard. No. <laughs> it absolutely no, I, is no die hard <laughs> minute. I just wanted to segue us back. We're back. Well, um, shall we wrap this one up and uh, head on into tomorrow? Lock it down. So we, we just we ended on the stairs. We, no, we ended on 
There's something wrong. Well, he's he... they're coming back down. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Huey Lewis. <laughs> He's he's tied he's tied the fire hose around himself yes. and yeah Huey Lewis comes Oop. comes in something wrong coming back down and then you just get Hans Hans's blurred head in in the front of the shot turning Oops. around see his lovely profile that's, that's a great place to, minute. great place to end yeah okay well um are you guys uh, okay to come back yes. tomorrow yes fantastic George. I'll be here. Back. Yeah, I guess. Good. Um, I'm sure we have to name a list of places to send people for uh, social media and stuff. Do you have that, George? Check out dieharddminute.com. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Is this, but I'm sure Jim's got loads of links to everything on there. Yeah, so and then also go. check out moviesbyminutes.com for all the other wonderful Movies by Minutes shows that we are all part of in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, John has done yeah. the Alien series up until not three. Um, <laughs> Crystal Beth three. has done the Fifth yes. Element, in it, and uh, that is her one and only foray into that. And she I don't think she'll be doing any more. I'm not. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe, we'll see. maybe. I like. Maybe. Spent, Come on, George. You can't oh, just... George, I'd actually talk to you about it, and I, I like. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not supposing <laughs> here. <laughs> I, I like guessing on everyone's movies. Crystal won't be doing so anything I wanna, else. I just, I want to be able to guess as much as I can, and it's hard to guess and record yes. your own. But I like talking about all the movies. Oh, yeah. So perfect. Yeah. And yeah. do you have a, a number of how many you've been on? Uh, at this last point? year, I think I did forty-seven. Holy shit! Yeah. that's crazy. Wow. That's a lot. Forty-seven wow. show individual episodes 47 or forty-seven total, total shows. shows. That's insane. That's shows. like more than half of the yeah. shows. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I did. Uh, yeah, because I, I did fifty-three podcasts. I guessed it on fifty-three podcasts total last year. And like ten of them were not movies by minutes related. Right, right. We don't talk about no. those. Well, you've got a you've got a, one of my favorite podcasts, um, Crystal Unlimited. Yeah. Lives. Oh, it's so much fun. I I love that show. It's great. Thank fun. you. Neil, not for Neil's kids. Totes a gamer nerd. <laughs> yeah, I like gaming, but yes, it's not one for nope. the children. Don't put it on in your car. Your kids in the back. <laughs> Rated R. <laughs> I get to swear as much as I want to on cool. it. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Give us an example. Well, I'm, we kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I won't. As we go through the week, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys a little bit more about um, your individual projects. But as of today, we'll wrap this one up. Come back tomorrow, listeners, uh, for minute one one seven. Um, we have a sign off. Do we want to? Has, has anyone got a suggestion? Do you want to just? Should we all shout? You became motherfucker. <laughs> nope, I think we should end it with you yep, saying it by yourself. Yep, that's perfect. Yep, with I the think that's good. Mark at the end too. <laughs> that inflection. Done. <laughs> <laughs>